Common Sense Media, activated. Live from the 210, it's the wave of the future show, and we are your hosts, Mr. Trey M. Carr, and I am E. James. Gentlemen. What's going on, guys? What? How we doing today? What is really good? Ooh. Feeling good since December 1st. <laughs> you have options I have options I got a lot of options A lot of time Yeah Welcome everybody To the Wave of the Few Shore show We cover a range of topics We talk about uh, Things in the news Culture Society Technology Whatever the heck we please Not so much on the sports But maybe things that are sports adjacent We got a little something cooking for y'all on that So as you heard, I'm E. James. I'm Mr. Trey M. And this is Carr. And uh, we're doing things a little bit differently on the intro because we're remote. So uh, we hope it doesn't throw our existing listeners off. Uh, before we get started, how about some gratitude for the people out there? Y'all got anything? I just want to give gratitude to a couple of my coworkers. They've actually taken the time to to listen to us here, giving a some good feedback to me uh, specifically. They like what we're doing. Uh, Got to keep trucking. Thank you all for your ears. And I hope we can continue to curate experiences that you enjoy. Nice. Yeah, for sure. So I want to shout out my two nephews. I had them over this weekend to help me put up my new TV. We just had a good time doing it. We had a blast. That's awesome. Love those kids. Good kids. Nice, man. Before I get my gratitude, let's talk about Let's hear about that TV for a quick second, man. What'd you get? I was about to say, man, what kind of TV you get, bro? You've been talking about it for a minute. Yeah, I got myself a, an OLED. got myself a little OLED. Well, it's not little. <laughs> so this is interesting. And maybe people can chime in on the Discord and let me know what they've had with their experiences. But OLEDs operate on a different level of tolerance than most displays do. So... Mm-hmm. Not every display comes like this now, but it seems like the newer ones have been shipping like this. A lot of them will come a little bit bent, which is very strange. So uh, Edge has one. He's got a nice OLED. It's a very, very thin screen. And from what I was looking at, it was a very nice straight screen. But from what I've seen on Reddit and other places, like some of these newer displays are just getting shipped and they have just enough tolerance to be able to get called passing. And I have a little bend on one side can't see it from dead on but when you look at it from the side there's a very very slight bend to it Mm. and for for that particular one that i got like the samsung like i guess i read pretty deeply into it and i saw that samsung is only yielding about 75 percent of the oleds that they're producing so huh yeah it's weird i thought i thought i bent it with the kids and i was like oh i was all mad at myself and i was looking it up and i nah, I've, i've seen all walks of life pull them out of the box with way worse bends than mine but it doesn't affect the picture. I don't really care. It doesn't, you don't see it on the first impression. As long as it's not affecting what you're seeing. Yeah. Trey and I both have OLEDs. And I don't I don't think I've noticed that for sure. I, mean, I know you said you looked at mine. I don't know which one you looked at because I have one upstairs and downstairs. So that's weird. Now, mine's about as straight as can be, man. It's 
But you got it shipped like to your house or did you pick it up from the store and bring it home? No, I got it from Best Buy. So what if uh-huh. LGs have, they don't have like a big panel bend. What they do is they'll tilt one way or the other forward or backwards. So that's kind of what happens with those. And then for for the one like I got, I've seen where the top part of the bezel will just have like a oh, like an S shape, real dramatic. Thankfully, mine doesn't have that. But yeah, I looked at it from like from the right hand side, and it just has like the slightest little tilt. I put a board next to it, and I just saw that there was a slight bow, and I was like, man, that's crazy. Hmm. But a, either way, great picture, sixty five inch display. Um, it's beautiful. It's just nice, man. We got to get you on that THX optimizer. Yeah, I need to. Uh, Color grade, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's coming real vibrant and blue. That's pretty much how Samsung ships all their stuff. Um, it has the capability to fine tune, but my eyeballs really love it right now. I've been watching bad movies, watching good movies too. I was talking about it in the in a conversation that we were having. I've just been watching everything. Just been sitting down in the morning, <laughs> it's just drinking my coffee, just being a potato. Nice. I'm gonna give gratitude before we get rolling to my wife. She's been a patient lady. She's gotten over her COVID, and uh, the trains keep going, man. The train keeps moving, that is, between basketball, this, work, jamming. It's been a busy, busy, busy time over here in this house, and she uh, she's flexed on the schedule quite a bit, and, you know, I'm trying to make a lot of time for us because, you know, those of you out there who are wondering why your lady ain't happy, got to make time for her. Remember the remember what you did before you had kids, before you got married. You did little dates, things like that. Some women want to go to the movies. Some want to be taken out downtown and wine and dine. Others just want you to sit on the couch with them and be the only one. But make that time. Whatever that it is for you, make that time. So shout out to my wife. I love you. And with that, nice. very nice. Car, you got first dibs because you've never gone first. What's on your mind, brother? Well, not to put you on the spot. <laughs> so you can kind of tell I'm walking around with a little bit lighter load on my shoulders. <laughs> uh, sans load, actually, if you want to put it that way. Um, but I've been doing a lot better. So after my month of abstinence, this is what I've learned. I have a little bit more acne than I usually do. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm like 30. I don't get pimples anymore, but I have one on my face right now. Oh, looks like my Siri went off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just that. I feel like a little bit more energized. I have a lot more self-control. I really just kind of focus better now that I kind of eliminated a distraction for a little while. But overall, it was just a good lesson in temperance. I think I've been better with my time management and it was a valuable thing that I had to present to myself. So going forward, I'm going to try it every year. And if I have any brethren or sisters that want to join into the battle, let's talk on discord and let's all talk about abstinence guys. <laughs> brethren and sistren. Yeah. Sistren. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. But that was, uh, while I had all this free time, I'll go ahead and say I've been following the news a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I've kind of noticed what's been going on with Rackspace lately. That's a it's a bit of a crazy topic because I don't know if if anybody else listening remembers, but let's peel back about 15 years in the city of San Antonio. We have a very emergent player in the game of web hosting and 
web services called Rackspace and they buy a they buy an old mall. They turn it into a campus. Shout out to Windsor Park. Yeah. Yeah, they bought the mall. They made it into a campus. It was like top dog for a very long time. And it seems like other tech companies kind of started seeing South Texas as a blooming enterprise for that stuff. So now we have Amazon, we have Microsoft. We have two different players in this game right now. And they seem to have taken a lot of the same services that Rackspace used to initially offer. And they do it on a bigger scale because they're bigger companies. Mm. What used to be the town hero, what used to be kind of the pinnacle for a lot of people in networking and other IT-related fields, uh, it's now really, really falling down. And especially this last week because they got hacked. They got breached and they had a a big outage on their exchange division, which is about a $30 million a year uh, product for them. Mm. So it's been pretty extreme. Uh, on the inside, semi kind of inside, I've seen that customers have lost full mailboxes. They've just lost a bunch of stuff that they can't get back because of this ransomware attack. I don't know if if y'all know anything about it, but if you have any thoughts on it, I'd like to. I'd really like to hear that. Well, where I work, we have a lot of former rackers, as they're called. And you're right. Yeah, that was the name. Yeah, and. Uh, didn't they have a big, I think they had a big slide. One of my professors, he worked there and he's a big network security guy. And uh, mm. he loved it. Absolutely loved it. So my good friend and first ever supervisor now works at my employer with me. And he used to work there in between the job we worked together and the job we worked together now. And he was, I don't want to say pretty high up, but he was, you know, mid-level to a little bit more than mid-level. And so he's got some friends that still work there. And he's been getting a flood of messages about what's going on there. And people are angry saying, you know, this is what happens when you sell your company to foreigners. <laughs> you know, they said they sold us out and, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves, things like that. And it's just like, whoo, spicy. Caliente. Yeah, man, this is uh, this yeah. is not a good look. And for, it is to my understanding that what's being reported now is actually late. Mm. Yeah, man. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I, I hope they get it together. I mean, this is not a small thing. Rackspace is, they're an OG in the industry by now. They are, they are known. It's not just a San Antonio company. They are known. So, I don't know. What are, your, what are your thoughts, Trey? I know this really isn't your area of expertise, but I'm sure you, you know a little something. Man, well, just a little bit. I don't know as much as you guys know as far as these things go. Um, but in my, I'm just kind of looking into like the ransomware attacks that are happening it's just i mean that's the day of the age we live in now everything's digital it's what we it's what we do it's what we or how we operate i should say but the numbers are like staggering you're talking there were 623 million ransomware attacks last year 240 million ransom attack ransomware attacks this year anybody can really fall victim of this and that's where people like you really come into to play mr e that's <laughs> the name of the game uh with cybersecurity. that's what makes that such a valued position and you can really see everything you were saying as far as rack space is concerned 
how they treat their people and things of that nature. Those are how you navigate and, and keep these things from happening. And doesn't look like they're that, man. It's not something that will ever go away. It's no longer a uh, if it happens, but more of a when. Not just ransom, not just ransomware, but data breaches and the like. I mean, it's we spent so long as an industry worrying about well you know we're, we're gonna just we're, we're gonna accept this risk and we're gonna accept that risk and yeah we have to worry so much about this because that doesn't happen and then it's like boom this company got on that company got on that company got on look at LastPass. LastPass had yet another data breach now there is a minor caveat it wasn't they, they can't access your passwords in LastPass, but they've got your customer data. They still know who, if you're customers, Carr and Trey are, without knowing your passwords. And that data is a lot more valuable when you think about it, because that data can actually be used to correlate you with a host of other services. Maybe LastPass is secure. Well, no, you're good there, but... Let's go try this. Let's go try that and that and that and that. So it, it gets scary. So I'll just touch on one thing I experienced while I was out on the road this time last year. I uh, I did the whole digital nomad thing that we like to joke about. And I followed my brother to AWS conference last year in Vegas. And I went to spend the night in El Paso, I believe. Or it was some, no, it was in Las Cruces. It was in New Mexico, but. Uh, El, Pas El Paso News still covers that greater area. So that news station got crypto locked out of all their graphics department. Ouch. So that was crazy. I was watching the news and just watching somebody on a MacBook hit the play button on their space bar and then just rolling footage that way and gathering and gathering all the B-rolled like that. And I, I texted my brother. I was like, this news station's awful. I was like, yeah, it's because they got crypto locked, man. They're part of our org. And I was like, no way. Ouch. So... <laughs> It's crazy. Well, that being said, it's an ongoing beast. I'd hate to be the security guy for those divisions. And if so, I'd say polish up those resumes. That is definitely a resume generating event. Or as we say in the industry, an RGE. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look at T-Mobile. T-Mobile's had multiple breaches. I dropped them. I loved what I was paying. I was paying $100 a month. Unlimited Everything is just flat. No plus tax. $100 flat for my wife and I to have phone lines. It's not bad. Now I'm paying an extra 65, 70 bucks with my cell phone carrier. And it makes me sick to my stomach. Because essentially they're not doing anything different than those guys. Other than protecting my data better. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's That's important. Though. It is important, man. You get what you pay for, right? Yeah, that's it. So while we're talking about resume building and other things that you could do to ensure your future, I know you had a couple articles that you showed us, the Edge. What do you want to what do you want to say? Yeah, so this is a circle back. Um I think we're gonna have a reoccurring theme here this episode. We might have to call this black backsplash or something. Cause uh <laughs> we uh are talking about a, a not it's not even a new thing. Again, they're applying names to this stuff, but Career cushioning. So it is, I don't want to say the art, but 
basically looking for a job while you have a job because you're assuming the worst is going to happen. I would say that's just looking out for yourself and not getting canned or, or laid off without any, you know, I guess if you get laid off, you typically get severance, but if you get fired, you can get some unemployment. Right. But I don't know. That's just, we're, we're throwing all these terms onto these things that have always, always existed, especially that one. Well, yeah, it seems like, most generations now don't know what to do when they get fired. So that's why I have to give all these cute little buzzwords a try. Um, basically, it's telling you to have a savings account, which is like number one. Right. Uh, have a resume. If you don't have a resume, find a resource that could help you build a better resume. Right. And there's just stuff like that. Like I saw a post today on Reddit about a, a young man or, or woman, I guess I'm assuming there, but somebody on Reddit was on our San Antonio and they were talking about how they spent all this money on code up. And they can't get a job right now. They put all their eggs in a basket. And the last time I checked, Coda is about twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I've I've heard people doing these coding boot camps. I think uh, a guy that I used to work with when I was in the energy sector did Coda. Um, he's already got a job still in the energy sector, but I think it's one of those things where he wanted to just add to his skill set, which is cool. But if you don't have the experience or you don't have a job and you do something like code up or whatever you spend a lot of money and then you go into the job market and you still don't get a job it's discouraging it's like well what did i spend all this money for i spent maybe what little money that i had to elevate my career and i'm still not being chosen so that's a little troublesome problematic however you like to put it yeah, it's scary world we live in, man. I think um, I think it's just kind of funny how all these terms. I don't know. Maybe I was just raised a little differently, but isn't, isn't this what you're supposed to do? Like in in your professional career, no matter what it is, quiet quitting. If you're unhappy with your current employer, you don't just up and quit, but you start to peck away at things. Career cushioning. You should always have a fail safe for. Whatever may happen. Now, whether it's as cushioned as you think it is, you don't ever find out until something happens. But you should always have your, you know, your guns cocked and ready to go. You know, you should always have your money saved up, ready to go a couple months. I think the general, like, assessment is, like, three months worth of your bills. You should have at least in savings. You should have three months of rainy day fund. Right. Your resume should always be up to date. Right, right. That's just something I learned in, in high school, really. You always update your resume. You learn new skills. Even if you do the same kind of repeated job, there are new skills that you can learn throughout doing that job. If you're promoted or grown through that job, you keep your resume up to date. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, and if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you can feel the writing on the wall, you can feel the tremors in the ground, you feel the shakeup coming, that's what that is there for. You know, you're ready to go. You're ready to lock and load. Get on whatever site you want to get on and start throwing in those applications or whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's just to me, well, I guess to us, it's common sense, not calm and sense, <laughs> but common sense, you know, and, and going back to the article, this person on LinkedIn, she's a career expert, Catherine Fisher specifically defined career cushioning as taking actions to keep your options open and cushioning for whatever comes next 
in the economy and job market. It's like, I, where's the, where's the cushion? <laughs> I, I don't know. When I, when I heard, um, cushioning, career cushioning, I thought they were finally giving a term to, have y'all ever heard of overemployment? This new thing? Oh, no. there's a website. I think it's called overemployed.com. But basically you have a job, but you can do other jobs while you have this job that you're currently oh, wow. in. So it's like, okay, well, there's 24 hours in the day. I do my job eight hours and I've got more time to do other things. So you don't necessarily quit your job. You just say, well, let's say if you're a developer and a lot of your job is waiting for stuff to happen or whatever you you know, whatever the case may be. Well, I've got two hours to let this job run or this code to compile or whatever it is. I can do this in the meantime, start typing away and do another job. So I thought that this is what career cushioning was when I looked at it. I was like, this just sounds like overemployed, but no. And you know, the, the recession, there's lots of talks about the recession and next year and how things are going to turn for the worse. And so people are doing this now. They're trying to get in where they can fit in now to basically hedge their bets. And I get it. I, I totally get it. I, I, I like it's it's scary. The unknown is always scary. My thing is personally, if you quit your job and you know a recession's coming, and you quit your job because you're just scared about your company. You have some evidence to back it up, but you just quit and you just go. You've gone from, let's say you're at a company 10 years. You've gone from a tenured employee. A lot of big companies, it's like, what, five years before you're vested, fully vested in a company. So now you leave, you're the new guy, and they say, well, shit, we got to let people go. Um, who do we just bring in? <laughs> you. And now you're gone. It's not always that cut and dry, obviously. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's a lot more scientific and based on the company's needs. But if you're the person that's new and you're going in there and it's like, well, we've been doing fine without you. We ramped up because, and that's, I don't want to say fine, but we ramped up because we had this expectation that all this work was coming in. But it turns out we're not getting the work that we anticipated. So sorry, dog, you got to go. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's one of the, um, like the values of tenureship um, in that regard is that you kind of get, as long as you're a, because some people are tenured, but they're, not relevant employees. You know, they're there, they do their job, but they don't do it well, but they've never done it bad enough to get fired. So you have those people that kind of get to stick around for some time. But, you know, if you're a tenured employee and you do your job well, you're kind of saved from some things, including, you know, when things kind of chop down and you, the chopping block starts coming around. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that, you know, being a tenured employee can bring to you. But at the same time, you know, the world we live in, like you said, the unknown is scary, but you can't live in fear of the unknown. You can't quit your job due to the unknown. You got to ensure that, you know, you're moving forward in ways. So there was a quote in there. I was, I was scanning to find it from when I read it earlier. Y'all are familiar with 
the Huffington Post, right? I believe this is the person who made it, Ariana Huffington. But she hmm. says, we're in a crisis of purpose and meaning, not just burnout. And some of the nearly half of American workers now say they wouldn't wish their job on their worst enemy. In the words, oh, wow. in the words of David Chappell, <laughs> word? <laughs> I mean, wow. Is your job that? Well, maybe some are. I, I stopped myself because I don't want to be like that guy going, it could be worse. Like, yeah, there's people starving in Africa, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be jobbist now, do you? <laughs> it's intuitive. Oh, that not that job. That's jobs. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that that one kind of made my eyebrow raise, and I was like, career cushioning. Well, what's that about? You know, <clears throat> you know there's another. What, what was that term used? Uh, overemployed. Yeah, overemployed. You know, um, where I come from, when you use you know the free time that you have to find other avenues, we just call that hustling. That's just what that is. Yeah, you're just hustling. You know, hey, I got some free time. Let me make sure I'm not wasting my time. Make a little extra money if I can here or there. Just wanted to kind of circle back into that. I kind of thought that was funny. Fellas, yeah. It, I was right, by the way. Overemployed.com. They got a Discord channel, a Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Damn. <laughs> got looks for uh, for getting multiple paychecks at the same time. Here's my lookbook for how many things, how many Lambos I got. Act now. You can have all wow. these. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I can imagine that coder also drop shipping at the same time and having a website that they run for that stuff. But right. so I got this quote from this job, I guess this job recruitment board that I subscribe to. This is Steve Jobs quote. Hmm. Uh, so he said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. I know that doesn't apply for everybody because every, everybody's had a job where it's been more arduous than fun. But ultimately that should be an ambitious goal that you should keep in your heart if you really do want to be happy in your career. Maybe people find happiness in other ways. Some people find happiness in their families and their personal lives, or some people just like watching TV all day like I have been. <laughs> but, Ole. Yeah, Ole. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. And I think that's true. But if you don't have that right now, it still should be something to try and work towards. I know, I know mm -hmm. circumstance is different. I know some people may feel like they're stuck in a way, but you know, ultimately you can spend five to 10 years doing the same thing, beating the same rock with the same hammer, or you could try something a little different and go out of your comfort zone to do that. But that's upon you, dear listener. And ultimately, uh, it's just life. That's all you got to do. All these buzzwords ain't going to want to make you make another resume, ain't going to make you want to... <laughs> Quiet, quit while you're getting quiet, fired, and while you're cushioning your job. That just, to me, that just completes the job trilogy, as you had said earlier, Edge. <laughs> yes, that's right. We're completing the job trilogy, man. This is this is the re re return, return to the candidate. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> First, it was quiet quitting, <laughs> a new hope. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was quiet firing. The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> 
And now, <laughs> now you're looking for the career cushioning return of the Jedi. <laughs> Damn, that, that couldn't have fit. That those actually work better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have fit any better, dude. That's but yeah, that's so strange how real life has given us a uh, sort of job trilogy to look at and analyze. I agree, man. One thing you said, one thing just to kind of follow up on what you said, those people that are out there feeling stuck, it's not going to be easy to unstick yourself. You got to go out. You got to get a little uncomfortable. You got to make a game plan. You got to execute it. Sometimes it's not instant when you want to get from one place to another place, but to find something you like and to be happy in what you do, it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice. So don't be afraid to take the leap, man. And uh, if you are feeling really bad just go listen to the flaming lips bad days from the batman forever soundtrack all right that song always stuck out to me i've been listening to that what was that 1995 when that movie came out 95 96 i was I don't know. Mm, somewhere around there mid 90s yeah. so opening line you're sort of stuck where you are but in your dreams you can buy expensive cars or live on Mars and have it your way. Now, this next part, I do not authorize, advise that you do this. This could be punishable up to and including death if you do this. And you hate your boss at your job. Well, in your dreams, Whoa. you can blow his head off. In your dreams, show no mercy and all your bad days will end. Well, I'll talk about that. <laughs> There is a great story <laughs> that my brother had relayed to me when he was at his old job, which is uh, quite a quite a ways ago. So there was a guy working for an organization that was both colorblind and half deaf, and he was running a lot of AV production for them. Oh boy! So this cat was uh was mixing color and doing stereo when he didn't have either facility on on hand. And I guess one day they figured it out because one day one of the broadcasts just came out bad. <laughs> and long story long, this guy took it down on his bus by taking a dump on his windshield. Oh, no. Never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. They never really blamed the guy, but they could tell it was a, it was a human that had done that. No bird. No bird can do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Nobody laying nothing like that, bro. <laughs> the great white bat did not drop great white guano. <laughs> guano. Not this time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh there there are some there are some stories we could talk about off mic, things I've seen in the industry. <laughs> yeah. There's there's just there's ten different ways to unleash aggression, but you gotta just remember you gotta Got to have it all be productive. Can't have it all just be liable. Can't be liable for all these things. But yes, yeah, oh yeah, personal. Sometimes it's personal, and sometimes the job sucks, and you can't get away from it. So, best thing you can do is quiet quit. And you can refer to our quiet quitting episode if you want to learn more. The quitting wave. Yeah. Oh, smooth fellas. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so to put kind of the uh, well, I'm hoping this is the book in. Because I, I don't know what they're going to come up with next for jobs. You know, we're going to call it quiet rejuvenation. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I, I thought that one was kind of a, a good one to uh, throw out there since we've talked about this 
two times over to a, a much larger degree. So, anyway, how about them Spurs, man? Yeah. Oh, man. Here we go. Wimbeyama is what I got to say about them Spurs right now. We <laughs> can't, can't, buy a, can't buy a victory, man. But it's what I expected this year, man. It's what I expected. But, you know, don't want to get too much into the sports talk, technical sports talk that goes along with my Spurs, because I could do that for an hour and a half in itself. Uh, but one thing I did kind of want to bring up, since we talked about it um, on one of our previous episodes, I just want to kind of follow up and close another book. Uh, so Mr. Josh Primo, the Spurs organization, uh, they have officially settled their lawsuit uh, with the uh, the accuser of uh, Primo's indiscretion, as we know, or we know the story of what's mm-hmm. been accused. See, it's been a, I guess, kind of a trend between Primo, you can throw like the Deshaun Watson case and things like that into this mix. And I just really want to ask a question to you guys. So when you're an accuser or when you're the accused and it, you know, you kind of immediately go into settlement, you don't go into, you know, you, there's a lot of different avenues you can go in to prove your innocence, right? Um, uh-huh. Does settlement, I know it technically doesn't in a court of law, but to the public side, does that kind of bring forth like an admission of guilt? Does it seem like an admission of guilt to you guys when a month into the lawsuit you, you settle? To the person who, well, I don't even say he doesn't know the law because I'm not a law, I'm not a lawyer. So let me let me backtrack on that. But I can see how the optics on that may make one think that there is some sort of admission of guilt. I would also say, though, it's like any negotiation to a degree where it's, I come at you and I say, Trey M, I want to sue you for $5 million and then we negotiate down to, we settle at a million. And I know you're worth way more than $5 million. But you give me a cool million, you make me go, you make me quietly go away. So that's, I know that's a negotiating tactic. Is it an omission of guilt? Um, It could be. It could also be one of those things where it's like, it will cost us more to litigate this process forever. We spit, because, you know, as we both, as we all know, Lawyers ain't cheap. <laughs> Their rates, hey man, you spend fifteen minutes on the phone with one of these guys, and that's that's an hour. You know, I, I used to work with a lady. She would say, "Get them off the phone in fourteen minutes." So I would set a timer, and at thirteen minutes and thirty seconds, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's good enough." Uh, you know, if I got anything else, I'll, I'll email you. <laughs> and I said, you know, and I start wrapping it up. So, my, my, the, all that to say. It could be that. It could be just a technique to say, look, we're just get out of here. Just take your money. Shut up. It sucks that I got to pay you, but I don't, it's cheaper than what I would pay to do this over the next, who knows. So to play devil's advocate here, 
I also think the recipient of said settlement may not really be looking for justice in that case. Mm-hmm. You know, could be somebody just kind of looking for a payday. And I'm not saying this in this specific case, but mm-hmm. if you do want to play devil's advocate like I am. It could just mean like, hey, you hit me with your car. What do you want to do? You want to pay me? It's just one of those kind of things. I've seen this before. I've seen people just trying to get a payday. Um, the optics on it just look strange, but there is technical reasons why this would happen over, over drawing it out over the course of a year or two with a court proceeding. I kind of understand that. Yeah. I just wanted to get you guys' kind of background and opinion on it because I can see where you guys are coming from. And then like from Josh Primo's perspective, I can see where he comes from, from jumping into a settlement. Like, I just want to play basketball. Like, I want to get all this wrapped up so I can try to get back into, into playing basketball or get back into some sort of light in this league that I got into. But it just kind of strikes me as odd, especially since an organization like the Spurs has never encountered anything like this or had to do anything like this. Um, I would think, you know, if the good name of the Spurs really, you know, get, went forward, if you're really trying to fight for that name and keep you clean, you'd want to, you know, prove your innocence, let all the details come out. Because we know that we didn't do anything. But instead, we disclose or we settle for a undisclosed amount, keep all the entrails of this disclosed and under wraps and go about our business. I just find it a little... A little fishy. And this is from a diehard Spurs fan. Yeah. And I was getting ready to say something to along those lines. You know, we're all native San Antonians, San Antonians, and they're embedded with the compu- with the community. You know, it's it's not just a team that comes here and plays or that that plays here. I mean, they do a lot, and I'm and I'm sure it's like that for every team to a certain degree or a hundred percent. But for us being a quote-unquote small market team, it feels like a lot. You go to a city like New York, how many teams does New York have per sport? At least two. You go to a state like California, California's got four football teams. They have four basketball teams. You know, LA's got two. The Bay Area for all intents and purposes, has to. People are going to squint and go, Sacramento's not in the Bay Area, but it's not that far. It's not that far from the Bay. It's 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 close enough. It's a lot closer than Houston, if I'm not mistaken, to San Antonio, mm. and definitely San Antonio to Dallas. Yeah, that's a drive. Right, right. Five hours versus three hours, and I think they're within like a two-hour drive from each other. So they're deeply embedded in the community. They mean a lot here, and it was a black guy. You know, this is not really again the sports side of it. We're not talking about a dude shooting forty percent from the three-point line. No, we're talking about the social impact and the optics on the situation. You know, this has just been. If we're gonna talk a little bit of X's and O's. Slightly, this has been a crappy season for the Spurs. We expected them not to do great. Hell, the coach of the Spurs even told us, don't expect them to win a championship this year. And I'm surprised he didn't get fined for saying that. Yeah. Because that can be that can be looking like they're trying to throw the season. Just 
he knows what he's got, right? It's like, no, this ain't it. Trust me. This ain't what we've had for the last 20 some odd years. So you couple that with the fact that you've got players doing knucklehead things. And if it really is a mental issue, which I guess it is because the dude has been a habitual line stepper, Mm. Charlie Murphy. (laughs) But I I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's sad. I'm, I'm glad, or I hope his victim that's a strong word for it, but the the psychologist, psychiatrist, I hope that she feels whole and they can both move on with their lives. Both sides, all three sides, if you count the organization, can move on with the process of healing, learning from their mistakes, and and doing what's best for themselves and the Spurs, you know, the players within their organization and the staff or the people they contract out to interact with said organization and, and, and the players within it. Very well said, man. I don't think there's much more to be said on that, uh, but I hope everybody is happy with the way that their things worked out in that opinion and everybody can get back to doing what they do. And all in all, I hope Josh Primo is all right in his mental state. And I do want to see him back in the league because I do think he has a bright future as a young basketball player, <clears throat> the kid's only 20 years old. There's a lot, <clears throat> a lot left to, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot left to go through um, with him, hopefully, that we can see. You said it, you said it very well there. You you hope that he's okay because if he's not and, and he comes back prematurely because he's worried about a paycheck and this continues elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, there won't be any coming back. So... Take this time to get your mind right. Like truly see this as a blessing, even though it sounds like a curse right now because you're not playing, you're not going to make any additional money, but get your stuff together, man. Yeah, it's rather something that goes checked rather than unchecked over a long course of destruction. You know, you can go through a lot of doors with a lot of guilt. So it's probably for the best that it got caught early, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Either, then you end up with uh, 20 accusers like <laughs> that Mr. Quarterback. Um, but yeah, yeah, you don't want oh, that. Boy. Don't want that. But anyway, we can go on. Let's kind of, I want to lighten things up a little bit, man. So, Car, you got that big brand new TV, man. What you watching on that brand new TV, brother, man? What you into right now? So, I saw this documentary that I talked to with Edge. I wanted to see if I could bring this one up. I uh, talked to you about it previously before. This one I thought was good to bring up into the main into the main show. Uh, it's called Hunting Sasquatch. So, I know y'all both looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, it's not what it seems. It is not what it seems. So, this is something that I thought was really interesting. It was a it was like a portrait. It was like a documentary about a man who had given up his whole life just to try and find Bigfoot. It was really moving. It was really touching stuff. You really get to see the kind of mind that gets attracted to these things. They call it Bigfoot Gold Rush. Um, It's just basically, I don't want to give too much away because we did talk about it before, but it's a great watch. It's on Amazon. That's a good thing to really dive into if you're not really into the idea of having conspiracy theories on deck or anything. That's just a great thing to see just for the sake of having a 
just like a personality out there in the world that you you can view from the outside. This is a really outsider guy, a really, really outsider kind of person that you can take a little bit of time to look into in their lives and see what kind of mind gets attracted to these things. There's that. I've been watching just a lot of YouTube, just kind of playing with uh, HDR and OLED and all these dumb configurations. Uh, while we're going into conspiracy theories, I am a little bit hesitant to bring this one up. I didn't bring this get this up to you guys before, but <laughs> one of my coworkers showed me this video of an alleged witch in Monterrey, Mexico. And it's like the <laughs> dumbest thing. I think just because the video is blurry, it makes me more scared. Like, <laughs> it's spooky, dude. Like, it's a uh, what's her name? I don't know, and I don't want to know. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's just a blurry video. You got of, scared, bro? Yes, I got, <laughs> I got like I got shook. Like it's how bad it got. Like basically, it's just a video of like a figure that looks like it's holding its knees, like hovering with a purpose over a mountainside, and it's like in real space. This is like shot in 2006 pre-drone era, so it looks like a little drone just kind of floating like that, and you can tell it's not superimposed by the time the figure goes. Uh, <laughs> just just laughing it just goes in front of the foreground and then the lighting changes obviously because the camera is like adjusting and then the the figure also adjusts accordingly to the color of the whole thing and it just it just freaked me out man it just freaked me out <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to throw that one in the discord bro i'm intrigued yeah, I gotta, we gotta see what that's about I'm intrigued yeah yeah, that was about it. I've just been doing that. I've been waking up every morning just watching YouTube videos. I've been playing games. Uh, I was thinking about trying to get the Callisto Protocol. It was made for the Dead Space people, which I really liked. Okay. I was wondering, because when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, that looks like Dead Space. Yeah, it's yeah same respawn. creator. So so re yeah. respawn, right? Yeah. It's a new... Well, it's called... What is it called now? It's called something else. I forgot the name, but it's all... Yeah, they did rebrand it, but it's it's all the same. It's still the same same people. Yeah, so I've heard I've heard mixed things about it. I've heard that uh, I've just heard that it's about ten hours long. I think if you really run through it, so that's really really short for a wow. AAA title. Looks good though. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit. But I just got back into God of War. Man, uh, yeah, I was hoping you were gonna bring that up. That's what I'm playing right now. You playing? You playing Ragnarok right now? Yes, I am playing Ragnarok, and it is a absolutely beautiful game. I have. Yeah put in way too much time playing this video game as of late. I'm not watching anything on TV that's not sports. Watch sports when I go to bed and then like during my waking hours like I'm playing God of War Ragnarok. I've been playing Godfall with my cousin uh over in Boston and we just he he's got a PS4 so we've been hammering that cuz he was looking for something to do and we've been having a great time with that. That's that's a fun game. A little bit little bit it's a little repetitive but it's fun. You smashing up, smashing up people. You know, it's like a a looter slasher RPG action RPG type thing. You know, you build a character class and you get different armors and plates and stuff. So it's cool. That Callisto looks dope. I'd never really got into God of War. Not that I didn't like it. It just it was. It's never really been a game that I I've I've played much. And I it always looked cool, but it just played it on like Not the ps2 it. or the ps3 versions but the last one that came out for ps4 when he has a son and stuff i don't know it just gives it a nice touch and then ragnarok is even more expounded upon that and it's beautifully done it really is um so if you like the original god of war or you've played any of them in the franchise and you have not played god of war ragnarok yet i truly suggest you get that 
So here's my rundown on the God of War series. First three parts, this guy is totally cancelable completely. It's problematic. Like today's God of War is not the the God of War from the PS2 era. I think it starts out with him in bed with two ladies of ill repute. I think that's how the first game starts. Mm. And you got to play this mini game where you shake the analog sticks and you uh you get points, air quotes points. So that's kind of fun. And yeah, the second and third game of that series, he's just violently maiming other gods and stealing all their superpowers and just running amok and killing the whole Greek god like like organization. He's going from the top from the from the bottom up. Kill Zeus, which is like his dad. And yeah, he decides to like not want to be a god anymore at the end of the the third one. And it was it was made by the same guy who made Twisted Metal. So it had kind of like that 90s edge to it. It was going into the 2000s. So those are so the what first- you're saying is that Jason Statham should be the god of war. He could be. Yeah. So the guy who made the first games was David Jaffe. That's a Twisted Metal guy. He went on to move on past Sony Entertainment. So Sony took the reins again for the PS4 era and they made this version of God of War, which is like uh, Trey said, it's really touching. It's really, really touching. There's a scene in that first God of War game where the young man, the boy, boy, yeah, boy, boy kills a uh, boy kills his first person, and he's like, dad pulls the corpse off him, and he's like, really, really, you know, so, shaken. Yeah, 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 and he just says. Instead of Kratos just being like the way he was before, like being cruel and mean, he like puts his hand on his arm and he just says, you know, close your heart to it, boy. And there's a real tender moment there. And you start, it starts pulling on those heartstrings and it shows you that this character is going through development and growth. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a real beautiful thing. I, I choked. I was like, what be a dad? It was like really, really good. That it really is like yeah. the things you go through from being like a reckless not father to a father figure like you you have to exactly. you have to burn it up a little bit <laughs> yeah I, I bet it didn't make you choke up like the the first uh 15 minutes of the last of us oh oh my god man which one the first one or the second one yeah the first, first one. one right i never even played the second one. Oh, the second one's good yeah. second one's great it's yeah. a trip the first 30 minutes of that game they'll completely flip i'm just you. tired of zombies man i get it i get it yeah i'm burnt out i, I will i will i'm sure one day but i'm just I'm zombied out. That game looks beautiful on the PS5. It was made for yeah. the PS4, but the last was part two. The PS5. Oh my gosh. It's yeah, that theme, that theme song is chilling, dude. Like every time I hear those guitar notes, I get I get a little bit I get a little bit antsy. Did y'all see the trailer for the for the show? Yeah. Yes. I'm very excited for that. It looks like they actually did. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like they actually might have did a good job with a video game transition. Man, that was a big clicker. I was like, yo, wow, that's the clickers for real. Yeah, I yeah. think that one was, uh, I can't remember the name of them, but there's different levels of the clickers as you play the game. Like, they get tougher and bigger, and there are different ones. I think that was one of the little higher-up ones. Yeah, but, the ones with the spores, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That comes out in January, I think. Um, so I'm excited for that to come through. I actually might watch some TV for that one. Yeah, Pedro Pascal, man, the world's greatest babysitter. So yeah, we got <laughs> we got a real big run for him coming up this January. He's got that, and he's got Mandalorian coming back in March. So we're gonna have nonstop Pedro for like the first half of the year. I'm not really excited about Mandalorian season three, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember you telling I'm, me. I'm sick. I'm 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 sick of Grogu, man. I need a break. <laughs> I mean, Grogu, Grogu's cute, but he wasn't gone long enough for you to miss him. But I get it. Disney's like, Shh, miss them. We're trying to sell toys. <laughs> yeah, I get it. 
Have y'all watched? Uh, I'm just like, have y'all watched Andor yet? Mm-mm. No, not. I've yet. heard great not things yet. about it. I haven't dove into it yet, though. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I heard that's like one of the best Star Wars projects of all time. Is what I'm hearing. Rogue One was one of the best Star Wars projects of all time, and Rogue One was was neutered. Gareth Edwards made a even more gritty movie, and Disney said that's too much. Yeah, it's Disney. So, like the the best movie of that trilogy was Rogue One, and that wasn't part of the trilogy. They almost had a samurai seven feel with the way they had some of those people. Yeah, I was gonna bring mm-hmm. up Mads Mikkelsen at the beginning, like a humble farmer. He he had the total samurai garb on and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that was a dope one. Um, Mythic Quest. I've been watching that on Apple TV Plus. So that's written by Charlie Day. Cool. It's starring uh, the guy that plays Mac. I can't think of his name. Oh. Me- Rob McElhaney? Yeah, McElhaney. Oh, yeah, I was going to say McElhorn. McElhaney. Yeah, what's the Pee Wee's? Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, don't go to the movie theater by yourself now. Yeah, <laughs> Cowboy Curtis and them. Oh man, I remember yeah, the whole show. Yeah, that show. yeah, man, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, dude, crazy. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that show is about a video game company. Uh, Rob is the guy that like had the vision. He's the main guy, and um, Tiny Tina's in there. No way, uh, Ashley Birch. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ashley Birch is the actress. But and you can, it's funny because well, she's not just. She's not just Tiny Tina. She's Aloy. No way. And so, yeah. So sometimes it's funny that when you hear her talk, when she gets really excited, you can hear Tiny Tina. Mm. But when she's serious and she's delivering her serious lines, it's like, okay, that's Aloy. I close my eyes and I see Aloy now. But uh, but yeah, it's a real, it's a hilarious show. Um, especially if you're in the tech. I mean, if you're not in the tech, but it, it's not on the nose like silicon valley Mm. but it's got some of those vibes like silicon valley was hilarious to me because i lived a lot of the tech you know i lived the tech life so i'm just going oh i know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah wasn't there that whole trope at the beginning was like there's always like four dudes that hang out with each other and they're all the same or something like there were like four different kinds of dudes and every group (laughs) is the same (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah one of the ponytail yeah. so-and-so this that and the third like yeah dude no one of my favorite characters from silicon valley is the guy that worked in the server room mm. they just he just it's like he was just buried in the basement they're like so what do you do and work on the servers mm. and there's that awkward silence you want to go see a server rack <laughs> follow me he's <laughs> a soulless straight soulless man so all right, fellas. I want to start wrapping it up. Yeah, man. It was a good it was a good wave as always, gentlemen. It's always fun to ride the wave with y'all. Yeah, we just uh just rolling from one thing to another, man. Catching the drift. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you should not be listening to this if you're boys and girls. Mm. Non-binary and everything in between and outside the box. We appreciate y'all. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Common Sense Media, Twitter, Calm Sense Media. My man Trey over there has been holding it down for us on the Twitter front. Appreciate that. And uh, I'll let you guys 
shout out where you are. Well, I'll talk for for Mr. Carr here. You can find him on a Discord. <laughs> yeah, man. That, ahead, that's the only place you can find Carr. One day, man. We're going to get you a Twitter in here, man. We're going to have to do it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Maybe. We'll Go ahead, Trey. You got it, man. Oh, yeah, man. You can find me at, at Marshall on Mike's on Twitter. Hit me up, man. Give me a follow. I'll follow back, I promise. Um, and give us feedback, man. I hope you guys enjoy what we're doing, how we're doing it. And if there's something that you want to hear, something you want a little different, a little twist, let, let us know on there. We may just be yeah. able to oblige for you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback off of that. You know, if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show or wherever your podcast player, pod catcher of choice is. Let us know how we're doing. Send us a message on Twitter. Send us a message on Instagram. You can hit me up personally. He can talk on both platforms. So holler at us. Let us know. We do this for you. Uh, this holiday season, we got a little something special going on, a little comic book crossover event. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on oh, as we get closer. It's going to be, be continued. So, to be continued, dot, dot, dot. That last page. Now you're getting ads. <laughs> All right, y'all. With that, we're going to end it. Peace. Peace. Later.